I'm going to do a couple things. First is, um, in terms of what we're talking about tonight, we're, we're going to continue to discuss worship. And I really do feel like it's an area that um, God is really wanting to encourage us in and to uh, bring us deeper into um, on an individual level and together as a community um, to perhaps move some of the barriers um, that hinder us in worship and um, perhaps with that remind us of some of the things that have moved us to worship. And, and that's actually where I want to start tonight. I want to start with that. And, and this is something that um, I can't do <laughs> for you. <laughs> and you can't do for me. Um, I don't know what has moved you in worship. I don't know what has um, brought you to a place where you, um, you really felt like he had your heart. Um, but he knows, and, and I believe that perhaps each of us knows what that's been. And so I want to do something we did at home group this past week, which was to just take a minute to ask him that, um, to ask God to remind us, perhaps, of a time, a place, even a moment or an activity, something that moved our hearts in worship with him. Um, something, a moment where we really felt like we were connecting with him and uh, we were giving him our hearts and worship. So I want to just take a minute to, uh, to listen for that and to let God speak into that and perhaps to respond individually. Write that down uh, if he gives you something, okay? So let's just, let's just listen for him in that for just a minute. So if you need a little bit more time, you can just take that. But you know, I feel like um, even just the act of doing something like that is a really good reminder that God is with us in this. He's, he's with us in these things. And he is um, helping us. And he is bringing us into these things. He's not, it's, it's not like these um, disciplines are this checklist of activities and God has said, here's what I want from you. Um, in fact, um, he's gone out of his way to help us with these things because they're part of his desire to bring us into knowing him more. And that's what we've been talking about through this series uh, the disciplines um, really being about means, uh, I guess, pathways to connecting deeper with God. Um, different ways that we do that, that we engage with him, that God becomes dynamic and alive to us. Um, he is dynamic and alive, and the disciplines help us to discover that. Um, I was thinking about that question because for me this past week in home group, um, it was God reminding me of first learning to play the guitar. 
And um, I can't say I've come very far in that, but um, <laughs> that's not really the point. I still remember, okay, I got a guitar in high school, really terrible guitar, and had I known how bad of a guitar it was, <laughs> I probably would have spent a little bit more. Um, I think it was about a week into trying to learn to play the guitar that I gave up. And I set the guitar aside, and when I came to college, which brought me to Baltimore, for some reason I brought that guitar and didn't do anything with it. I think I might have played it once or twice, and then I broke the E string. That's the bottom string on the guitar, and that ensured that I wouldn't be playing the guitar anymore. <laughs> and when I... Um, when the Lord found me in between uh, my junior and senior year of college, um, there was a lot that changed. And I shared a few weeks ago that where I was someone who didn't um, want to read, all of a sudden I had this desire to, um, to pick up the Bible and to know what it had to say. And um, similarly... Uh, it wasn't that I, I didn't um, want to worship. Um, in fact, there was this desire that was kind of deep down and hidden to... Actually, I always wanted to sing, but um, I was so um, nervous about letting anybody else know that, actually. Um, and when... Um, when I, I, I don't remember what it was, but... Um, Maybe it was the first mission trip I went on and everybody could play the guitar except me. And I was like, what's the deal? I'm missing something here. I, I thought this was super difficult. And they're just passing the guitar around in a circle. And um, I was just like, man, I want to learn how to play the guitar. And then I remembered I had that really old, terrible guitar. The strings were about this high off the fretboard. And, I, and when I came back to it, I realized... Now I know why I couldn't play the guitar. This thing is terrible. But I was determined. And the reason I wanted to play is because um, for the first time I had this relationship with him. And for the first time I was, I was okay with being alone by myself because I wanted to be with him. And in that time and space, I realized I wanted to sing to him. I wanted to offer... Um, something to him. And so I had a new prayer, and my prayer was, God, help me to learn the guitar so that I can just sing one song. <laughs> if I could just sing one song, I'll be happy with that. And I started looking up chords on the internet and printing out tabs. And, you know, Here's good news for anybody that might be in that same place. Christian worship songs, they're not that hard. <laughs> surprise, surprise. If you can learn three chords, you could probably learn 300 worship songs. I know, it's slightly sad from an artistic standpoint, but from an entry-level standpoint, it's, it's amazing. So it's like, all right, G, C, D. If I can get those, we'll be good. And so I begin to practice, and 
Um, oh, that guitar was terrible. But I began to practice. And I learned GCD, and I was so excited. <laughs> I was so excited. And then I was like, okay, now, now comes the part where I sing. I remember sitting down to sing this song, and I had this moment where I got so frustrated because I, I thought, oh, no. I learned the chords, but I can't sing and play at the same time. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> and I was about to give up again. And I remember thinking, okay, God, I just had one prayer. It was one song, three chords. Can we not, can we not make this happen? <laughs> Come on. And I still remember the song. Um, it's, uh, this is the air I breathe. And, yeah, really old school. Some of you are like, hmm, is that Hillsong? No, it's not Hillsong. It's probably written in the 70s. Um, yeah, I know, I know. All right, it was the 80s. I just want to make the young kids feel really young. Um, and I remember the day that I actually learned how to play that song. And it was a special moment because I remember thinking, yes, this is, this is one, more, one more way that you and I can share time together. And there's, there are certain things that, you know, words themselves don't quite get to. And I think that's partly why we have music. It's why we have art. Um, I think it was made to glorify him and to express the things that words don't do justice for. Anyway, I was reminded of that um, this past week, and I was partly reminded of that because, you know, after a little bit of time, I, I, I figured out some more songs, and I figured out, okay, I'm going to buy a better guitar. <laughs> and I bought one on eBay that was a huge upgrade, <laughs> and I've had it ever since. Um, but this past week, we were praying that prayer and asking God to remind us of a time that was meaningful in worship. And he reminded me of the guitar, not this time with the old guitar, but the new guitar. And just all the times that I've had, just him and I. And when, you know, when I didn't know what to read in my Bible or I didn't really know what to say to God, just sit down and sing a song sit down and begin to play and, and just let it be him and me. And in reminding of that, reminding me of that this past week, it, it just stirred something in me. And it also reminded me that it has been a while since I picked up that guitar. And I don't know about you, but I wonder um, where each of us perhaps has been in regards to this place of worship, this place of, of intimacy, us and him, and just praising his name, celebrating who he is, dwelling on who he is. And, you know, I, I, I love this time, but um, our worship isn't meant to be confined to it. And in fact, I said this last week, that 
if we're not cultivating this discipline outside of this time, then we'll come in here and it'd be like trying to, um, to, to just flip a switch, you know? And you might find yourself, um, by song, song number five, you're finally uh, where you'd like to be and you feel like you're connecting with God and then do it all over again. So I think there's something really important that God wants to do individually for us that's going to have an effect on this time, our time together where we choose to be in this place to praise his name. And I don't know what that is for each of you, but it's something, and it probably looks different for each of us. But um, I just want to encourage you to let God bring you back there. Let God remind you of the things that have been meaningful and go there again with him. Go there again with them. Okay? Um, I want to I just share a couple of, of thoughts. The first is uh, from Psalm, Psalm 98. There it is. Bible since I found it. (laughs) Psalm 98. It says, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel, All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with the trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people with equity. Quite a worship experience. The mountains are clapping and singing for joy. I don't don't know what that means. I don't know what it looks like. Um, But, you know, for me, this passage, the thing that stands out is the excessiveness of worship. And when I say excessive, we, we tend to think about that in negative terms. But I think, I mean it, I don't think, but I do mean it in a positive Way I think that there's this aspect about worship that, especially to the onlooker, appears excessive. But even to the participant, is excessive. And there's this invitation in this psalm to, to engage in this excessive celebration. Break out the obscure instruments. I know they probably weren't obscure for them. But break out the instruments and break out song and break out music and proclaim 
shout of joy. Are you with me? Wouldn't it be great if we were always in that place? (laughs) If we were always in the mood for this outburst of joy. If we always felt like being excessive before the Lord. I don't know about you, but those moments where it's just like you can't help but worship Him. Those are some amazing moments, aren't they? But it's not always like that, is it? It's not always like that. David, he danced before the Lord. It was excessive. And yet it was appropriate at the same time. Are you with me? In light of who God is, and that's what this passage tells us, in light of who God is, celebrate in this way. Let yourselves be caught up in the excessiveness of worship. I mean, we do it with other things really easily. (laughs) I'm just, I think about sports, March, madness, and this probably applies to maybe one or two people in the room so it's probably a bad example but but sports in general is just the place you see it so much the excessiveness that at the same time seems appropriate for the occasion grown men screaming painting their stomachs (laughs) you name it 10 of them painting their stomachs They planned it for weeks. (laughs) Choreographed dances. There is this place where excessive is appropriate. And often the excessive comes from this place of just being overwhelmed or overjoyed by who God is and what he's done. And I said this last week, you know, our worship is our response to what he's done. It, it, it always comes from that place. And sometimes it comes from that place more easily than other times, doesn't it? And I want to I wanna just spend a minute to talk about our worship in the moments where it doesn't feel like it's coming from that place easily. Maybe, maybe some of us are there right now. And so I hope this is encouraging. There's a place where our worship is the overflow of our love for him and his, uh, us dwelling on his love for us. But it doesn't always happen that way. You know what else is excessive? Love. Love is excessive. And worship is an expression of love. Do you know what I mean by that? Love is excessive in that it's, um, it's not bound by rules and regulations. In fact, you can't enforce love or make love happen by rules and regulations. And it's not bound by those things. 
It, it, it overflows and it goes beyond those things. You can't regulate love by law. Are you guys following me? I'm going to connect this, I promise. If you're not following me, you can shake your head, but I'm going to try to connect the dots here. Love is excessive, and it's moved by desire and decision and determination. And when desire won't do, decision kicks in. Determination kicks in. I think it's really important that when we think about our response to God, that we realize that desire is great, but it's actually not the determiner of our worship. Are you with me? What is? What is? I'd say that it's choosing that he's worth it, even when we don't feel like singing, even when we don't feel that the desire is there, and it's choosing him, choosing to worship. I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about the, um, the fine line here, because what happens when we don't feel like praising him? Are we being disingenuous to sing? I was thinking about love itself, and again, it, 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 it isn't driven by requirement. And so, in fact, um, requirements often uh, negate love. And so, for example, the flowers, the flowers that are given out of obligation because it's the occasion for it, or because... That's what you would expect. They lose their meaning, don't they? Do this. They lose their meaning. I'm, I, that is a bit of advice if you're unaware. <laughs> they lose their meaning when they're not given out of love. Because they're meant to be an expression of that love. So here's the question. Did the flowers lose their meaning? No, they didn't. And in fact, there's always a reason to give flowers. You just have to find it. Are you with me? Did I lose you yet? I might have lost myself. I don't know. (laughs) In the same way, there's always a reason to worship. We just have to find it. And I want to say that there's a place where our worship is the overflow of desire, the overflow of intimacy, the overflow of of joy welling up inside of us, of gratitude. But there's a place where our worship is a sacrifice. There's a place where worship becomes 
a decision to lay something before him that costs us something. Hebrews. Go to Hebrews for a minute. Hebrews 13, 15. It's a really short snippet here. He says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Our desire and our worship is valuable, but it's not the determiner of our worship. He is. He's the reason we worship. And until he changes, our worship shouldn't stop. But part of the discipline comes in worship when we say and we decide, I'm going to praise you. Even when it costs me something. What does it look like to sacrifice in worship? I, I honestly don't know what that looks like for each one of us, but at the core, it's, it's giving something that is costly. It might be stepping into something that is uncomfortable, and it's sacrificing your comfort. It might be determining that you're going to sing even if your body says, I don't feel like it. It might be setting everything aside to be with him. David, he, um, he, realized, he realized this. King David. <laughs> David, did you realize this? <laughs> King David, he realized this. He realized the significance of, of sacrifice and how, you know, there's so much that we get for free. We're used to receiving. <laughs> and we're used to the free. I mean, think about it. We're, we, we take for granted the fact that we stroll on in and begin singing to him. You know, you know why we have that, right? <laughs> because he gave so much. It is a privilege. And it's good. I don't think he wants to go back us to go back to the old way. But we're, we're so used to the easy access. I think sometimes we just, we stop short with him because we hit that place of it costing us something. And I don't know what that is, but I think that there's something powerful for us in saying, I'm going to keep going with you. Despite how I feel. And it's not disingenuous. It's a discipline. 
It's a choice. It's saying, I'm going to go there. I'm going to, I'm going to give something as well because you gave something. And you're worth it. You're worth it. Whatever I give, you're worth it. There's nothing you can give that he's not worth it. David knew that. And there's this moment, I'm not going to get into it, but there's this moment where there's this field and he wants this field for God. He wants this field to set up an altar for God to honor him and to recognize that he spared his people to worship him. And he goes to the owner of this field and he says, I need this field. Tell me what the price is. And I, don't, I guess because he's the king, you know, the guy says, um, it's yours, have it. And this isn't David just being falsely humble. He says, no, I'm, I'm not going to just take the field. I'm not going to give to God that which didn't cost me anything. He, he realized that there, there's honor there. When we give something to him that cost us. And you know what? There's meaning there for us as well. Because sometimes the things that didn't cost us anything, we're not aware of the cost, they don't mean much to us. And so I believe that actually when we press past that wall and we actually give something to God as a sacrifice of praise, I believe our worship is going to be more meaningful too. And we're going to realize that whatever it was, it was nothing compared to him. So I don't know what it is, but I'm excited for us to get there. And I'm excited for us to grow in this way. I believe this is, this is God wanting to prune us. This is God wanting to refine us, to bring us into something more with him. And we just got to say yes if we want it for ourselves first. For ourselves first. Okay? But as we do, I believe we're going to see the fruit of that here. Let's pray. Jesus, we want our worship to reflect the truth of just how much you are worth. And so, God, we... We receive the invitation, the call, and the challenge to press in. To find ourselves at the place of costliness and to choose to give, to choose to say yes, to choose to continue on. And I don't know what that is. For some of us, it might be just the way we're perceived. And giving up, laying down our right to controlling that because you're worth it. And saying, I don't care. I don't care what other people think. I'm going to give you my whole heart. God, whatever it is, I pray 
that we would say yes. Because you're worth it. Because of what you've done for us. Because of who you are. Because of who you want to be in our lives. God, I pray that whatever those things were that you reminded us of, I pray we would um, we would find ourselves going there again with you and choosing again with you to to um, to to fall in love to praise your name to worship with you and i'm I'm excited God for what's ahead I'm excited God for Lord, you to be magnified in our midst, God. You can't be any bigger than you already are, but you can be bigger in our eyes and in our hearts. And Lord, that's my prayer, that you would be magnified in our hearts. You would be magnified in our sight, God. You would be magnified in the midst of this people so that you would be magnified in this city, God. So, Lord, let our praise be reflection of that.